Welcome back. Hour two underway. Chad Adams, your guest host. Beautiful day. You know, as we head into, as the climate changes into fall, <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it, it's uh, going to change. Going to change morning to night, month by month. Now, I do want to mention, Holly made a good point. And I don't want I don't want to gloss this over. And if you want to get in on the conversation, please, you know, don't hesitate to give us a buzz at 570-1110, 570-1110 here at News Talk 1110-993 WBT. An amazing station. I would argue the most powerful voice in talk radio that, that is left in the entire state. It, there's been a, s- a substantial diminishment. The left has done a remarkable job of eradicating talk radio from many places in, in North Carolina. Um, having said that, though, I want to go back to what Holly said. Holly made a very valid point. The reason, you know, a lot of you out there, you hear, you'll hear something that an activist or a conservative or someone that you disagree with says, and you go, oh, it's just crazy. But it's not crazy because Democrats have done things, because they have done things like that in the past and because they push for these kind of things. You know, Holly talked about the fact that if they can indict Trump, if they can get that conviction that they desperately want, they not, they they will have a collective uh, out of body experience if they can put handcuffs on Donald Trump. Now, I think it's likely he might be indicted. Don't think he's going to go to jail. But anyway, they they've just it's you know you show me the man, I'll show you the crime kind of thing. They the staged photographs, the Justice Department leaks like a sieve. They've tried for twenty years to get him even before he was a, ran for office. So it's been astounding that no one in American history has ever receive the kind of full force, blunt force trauma of local, state, and the federal government thrown at them as an individual. No one's ever experienced that. But she made the point that if they could indict him, then they can go back and say anything that was done that he signed into law or Supreme Court justices that he appointed could undo that. Now, to that point, I believe if that was even attempted, it would it would undo the republic that Franklin spoke of. I don't know what that disintegration would look like. I don't know how violent it would be. I know that there would come a point that there's not that there would be pseudo governments that would arise. There would be uh, groups that would would rise and pose. There would be areas of the country, geographically speaking, that would become in opposition to what's going on. There would be so many different manifestations of pushback, and and the Constitution as you and I know it would have been destroyed. The only thing that holds the fabric of this society together, and it's unique. If you travel around the world, you find it unique. Costa Rica, I mentioned earlier, Costa Rica has a written constitution that's been around since about 1947. Most other countries don't. They, they have leaders that uh, they're held together by personalities. Our country is held together by a piece of paper. The respect for words on a piece of paper, it's one of the most unique nations anywhere to be found. There's there's really nothing like this experiment that we are living in. We're, we're building the road as we live on the road. The, the success of the country is completely determined by the people that are, that are holding the government together, the respect for the Constitution together, and that's what matters. You take that away, if you do what Holly suggested, and, and we see it because the North Carolina courts are trying, the North Carolina courts are trying to do that here in this state, where they're saying certain people that were elected, their votes don't count. Their votes are irrelevant. And it, it, once you go down that path, you can say, well, if, if someone I disagreed with, if I can just get them, 
and and we've had plenty of politicians thrown out of office. We've never really had what they've done. Jim Black was was escorted out in handcuffs and removed. Speaker of the House of North Carolina, Democrat. They didn't undo what he did. The elections went against the Democrats. Republicans have held control of the House and Senate for a long time since, even veto-proof majorities, which they may get again in November. The point being, they didn't. Nobody on the right suggested. Well, let's go back and look at everything Jim Black did and say it was null and void. And, and But the reason people on the right say these things is because we see people on the left attempt to do that. We see them attempt to unwind and undo things that have been done before. You don't like the way the courts are? You, you, you show blatant disregard for three people that were put in there. Then you go back and you try to un, unring that bell. And so whenever you see, whenever you hear that, take a step back. If you disagree with it, take a step back and go, where would that come from? Why would someone on the right say that thing? And 90 plus percent of the time, it's because there's been an attempt to do that very thing from the left. It's very rare that the right acts. That, that we, we have two different core philosophies with respect to responsibility and consequences. The left doesn't like consequences. The right wants personal responsibility. The left believes government solves problems. The right doesn't. The right believes that government gets too big too fast and needs to be handed back to the states. In fact, just imagine for a second. Take it a step further. Let's take it a step further and go back to some constitutional ways of looking at things and say, what if the U.S. government largely dealt with interstate commerce and the military? What if that what they did, they collectively provided military protection for the 50 states? And they just regulated commerce between the states, which you could make an argument that the states could do that. But what if the government really was that limited where it just used its collective power? Imagine how tiny D.C. would be. You still have the military industrial complex. But you know what the tax code would look like? It'd look pretty different. It'd look simple. It wouldn't look biblical. Right now, it's about 15 times the size of small print Bible. Small print Bible. (laughs) Small print King James Bible. Like maybe 80 times. The tax code is inexorably complicated due to the complexity, because it's built on the backs of every special interest since the tax code started in, what, 1914? Spanish-American War? So that that's it's an interesting. So what Holly said, I think, bears, bears closer inspection. You want to get on the conversation? 704-570-1110, um, There's a lot more to get to. I, it just I, Holly intrigued me because of what was said. Um, I do want to get to one story. I'm going to try to get to this before the break because it's relatively short. Brownstone Institute puts it out. A lot of people on the left hate the Brownstone Institute. They were the one against masks. They were the ones against mandates. They were the ones pointing out these policies have been tried and failed everywhere before. They were right. And, you know, and, and part, I'm going to get on down to part of the column where it says, at the very outset of the lockdowns, many folks said certain things would happen. The deployment of state power against a virus would unleash every manner of hell, including economic collapse, population-wide demoralization, cultural confusion and crime, loss of hope, and overall ill health. There was already a lot of literature on that. It was unbearably obvious, anybody looking at it, but it didn't stop Fauci. It didn't stop the the, the CDC or the World Health, World Health Organizations. They were all so desperate. But what they learned with climate change was, hey, you can take climate change and you can make socialism happen. We can take a virus and do the same thing. Sadly, here we are two years later, all the data pouring in. The CD reports that in 2021, life expectancy fell yet again, as it did in 2020, for a total of nearly three years of lost life. The trend, grim, female, male, both going down. It would be one thing if this was due entirely entirely, or even mostly due to COVID, but the verified data on COVID death hasn't changed since January of 2020. 
the average age of death is equal to or above the median age of life expectancy. Now, that's gobbledygook for a lot of people, but it's serious. The number of people listed as having died from COVID is borrowed entirely from other categories of death, like flu, other respiratory illnesses. And this is due to either misclassification or perhaps the well-known pattern of viral crowding out. In other words, a new virus pushes out the old virus. So a lot of, again, the vast preponderance of folks were in ill health. My mother was one of them. COVID was what we could say took her out, but it was, it was pneumonia and, and, and other health conditions. Apart from that, we've seen a huge increase in deaths, spiking in middle age. Here's where the life expectancy goes down. By liver disease, heart disease, accidental injury, suicide, not to mention drug overdoses. In other words, these are lockdown deaths, according to people at a much younger age than would typically die from, not with COVID. There is also the truly terrifying possibility that the adverse effects of the vaccines are driving some of the portion of this shocking trend. Until now, experts have been accustomed to measuring life expectancy changes in increments of months, not years, according to the New York Times. It was the largest reduction, this is from the Times, largest reduction in life expectancy in the United States over the course of a two-year period since the 1920s, when life expectancy fell to 57 years in 1923. That drop-off may have been related to high unemployment and suicide rather than recession, as well as a steep increase in mortality amongst non-white men and women. True. It's it's a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre time. We need to take a, a good old break here. <laughs> that was... Oh, in my first show, that was the intro. Long ago, Chad Adams, your guest host, here on WBT... Bernie making it sound, well, no, actually, we have phone calls coming in. Chris, thank you, and apologies. Bernie's on vacation. So, with that, we do have a couple of phone calls. Winston, and we'll get to Steve in a minute, but Winston, what's on your brain today, man? Thanks for calling. Hey, good show. Hey, uh, you know, all these uh, people wondering why our children cannot read at a third grade level, do math, the test scores are going down. You know, it's just very simple. The correlation between TV time children watch from the time that they're born, they're stuffed in front of the TV set, hours upon hours, babysitting, the TV babysitting. You know, when you and I were raised, the TV wasn't an option. So, I mean, it's just basic. And since I'm doing some basic uh, uh, solutions today, let's tackle another one. Can we tackle another one? It's your call. The obesity crisis and the outrageous rates of diabetes, a direct correlation with sugary drinks. And our government is supporting this with the, with allowing people to buy Coke, Pepsis on food stamps. Stop the food stamps. Stop. You know, I, you know, I'm not I'm not against people drinking Coke, and but the government should not be buying this stuff. Why? You know, put the brakes on. I mean, well, hey, what are you, I'm libertarian. <laughs> Sounds like you're more libertarian. You know, we got to destroy the welfare state. I'm sorry, because it, it, the United States is pretty well. We're on the last leg. We, you know, we're 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 going down. Well, it's you go down. from democracy back to bondage again. But uh, anyway, but Winston, thank you for the call, man. I'm gonna, I, 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 I want to answer, but thank you for the call. And I'm going to get to Steve here in a second. But to Winston's point, 
you know, he talks about TV time. There's no doubt that we spend way too much time in front of whether it be video games or TV. Kids don't exercise much, play outside. You know, when I was a kid, we played outside now. And there was an occasional kid that was overweight. But if you've been to schools lately, there's a lot of kids that are overweight. So, and and we have lost. It's not just the, the we had been making some gains, but we keep dumbing down the test. And then we're surprised when people graduate from high school and they can't read and write and they go to college and college instructors are like, these kids can't write. So, yeah, we, we have some, certainly, we don't move as much. We eat wrong. We're raising our kids with screwed up values, no doubt. But I'll tell you something else. There are some amazing kids out there. I'm on a school board for a charter school, K through eight. We teach Latin. We have strong uh, value systems. We teach responsibility. We teach respect. And uh, we've been sued by the ACLU now in year number eight of that lawsuit. They don't like us recognizing difference between little boys and little girls on uniform policy, but that's a different story for a different time. Now, uh, Steve, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Chad. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, I would like to make a comment on the uh, Hunter Biden laptop. Okay. Uh, we'll just kind of throw this out there and see what you think. Uh, our uniter in chief has been getting more angry and the rhetoric's getting worse and worse. Is it possible that the liberals are using the laptop as maybe some kind of blackmail? What do you think about that? Wait, wait. Let me. I, I want to understand your question. The, you're saying other people are using the laptop as, as blackmail? Or are you saying no, someone... No, I'm just saying, who, do you think the Democrats and the liberals, to get some of their agenda pushed and, and his rhetoric changing... Do you think somehow that they're blackmailing him somehow with the uh, oh, laptop? I, I don't think Biden's as astute as some. I think a lot of people think he's just deleteriously affected from dementia standpoint. I don't think he's that far, but I do think he's not the one calling a lot of the shots. Klein, maybe chief of staff, that speech, he's not writing those speeches. He's not writing his Twitter feed. He's not, you know, it, it may be a collective group up there that's telling what to say and do. He's one of the most commandeered presidents we've ever had i mean it's very chauncey gardner in a way to me if you're familiar yeah i agree with that 100 uh, percent uh being uh, he's there he's always it's been a, a little nutty but yeah he has been know, they've he's... had this laptop for what since 2019 oh yeah and it got suppressed and it got elected yep. yep i think i'm gonna make a prediction if he if we win the conservatives win the congress and possibly the senate I think you'll see this laptop uh, come. Oh, it's not. And, uh, it's not going away. I mean, Steve, out. to your point, it's not going away. I, the fact that you've got someone who has flown on Air Force Two for that many trips on Air Force One has been involved with oligarchies, involved with corrupt business dealings, uh, has a, a proven record. Many people witnessed to that, that Biden was in the room with some of these meetings, that the White House in and out, uh, the, the Ashley, the, his daughter's diary that hasn't been discredited it's certainly they've arrested the people who sold it but there's a, a there's a train wreck in the biden administration the democrats are doing the same thing they did when obamacare got passed they're going to shove through as much stuff before the midterms as possible because they know the jig's kind of up after that now chris i just got asked is that that's you throwing george thurgood out here on this friday you're the man. Who do you love, baby? I love it. Chad Adams here, your guest host from Pete Calder, WBT. You want to get on the conversation? 570-1110. 570-1110 here on News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It's an absolute pleasure. Summer 22 comes to a close. I do want to, 
I I'd mentioned something earlier. I'm gonna, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I'm going to try it. So Biden gives a big speech last night where and 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 says that the MAGA, you know, the MAGA Republicans are the biggest threat to democracy. It's it's bad, you know. It, it's this whole speech, but I gotta I, I gotta I got I'm, I'm going to try this because so today Steve Ducey, uh, you know, the thorn in the side of the White House press corps, asked the president, "Do you consider Trump supporters?" to be a threat to the country. Because he said it last night. He wanted to just ask him. He's in front. So listen, when I say he is handled, these are the kind of things that he says. I want to try it. We'll see if it works. All right. He says, so he just said it last night in a primetime speech to the nation. Do you? And he said it. They're a threat to the country, democracy. Then Steve Ducey says, okay, do you consider any Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? Because he knows Biden's kind of wiffle waffle on this stuff. Biden says, and I quote, I don't consider any Trump supporter a threat to the country. I don't consider any last night he did today he doesn't same guy different day now one he's reading the other he's answering it's the same guy and you have to wonder does he even does he have any recollection of what he reads when, and I don't mean that in a dementia standpoint I'm just like it's the Ron it's the Ron Burgundy president it's like <laughs> screw you Texas and Florida I didn't say that why is anyone upset so so his Press Secretary, Jean-Pierre, who also is one of the worst, I would argue the worst, at answering questions. And I want you to, she she is reading. So I, I would give her some credit if she wasn't reading, but she's reading a statement about the economy. And I want you to listen to the verbiage that she uses. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since we have created nearly 10,000 million jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President <laughs> Did you hear that? I played it three times just for fun. We have created, and she's reading it, she's, which means it was written down and she read it to the press. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs. 10,000 million. That's 10 billion for those of you keeping track of that. 10,000 million jobs since Biden took office. Every human being on the planet is employed. Not only that, 2 billion people that haven't even been born yet have jobs. Or, I guess if Democrats can vote while dead, you could say that they dug up 2 billion dead folks and gave them jobs. Just since Biden took office. 10,000 million jobs. Again, I wouldn't be making as much fun of this had she not read it. She read it. 10,000 million jobs created. That, that's, and so it's hard to take them seriously sometimes. Excuse me. It's hard to take them seriously at any time. You have an entire Inflation Reduction Act, which literally does nothing for inflation or reducing it, except making it go higher. These crazy names, Affordable Care Act, it didn't make a, a care more affordable. It didn't provide you, you could keep your doctor. I mean, these kind of these names... Or just they just throw it out there. It's the biggest scam ever on a regular basis. 
This stuff is moon bat. It's crazy. I mean, if you're, if you literally, if you had a family reunion and three of your fam, two or three of your family members said stuff like this, you would be discussing a special home or some kind of special treatment for them. If, <laughs> hey, do you want some turkey this Thanksgiving? Heck, turkey? I think turkey's mad. That's a MAGA turkey. I think they're terrible. Five minutes later, do you want some of that turkey? Yeah, I love turkey. I never said MAGA turkey. I never said that. You would think they, they'd lost their ever-loving minds. But they, they continue saying things like that. Um, in fact, here's the quote from Biden. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of the republic. And then today, he says, I don't consider any Trump supporter a threat to the country. How does the same person, again, and again, I know this sounds a little repetitive. I don't mean for it to. It's just astounding to me. Responsibility and consequences. This president doesn't face a lot of consequences. And and think about this. As they're screaming last night, that, that and let's, let's put this in context. So they're screaming about mag, make America great again Republicans. How, how dare they say things like that? And I know they're, what they're trying to do is castigate and make it look like there's a to, to make people ashamed to say they supported Trump as they as they head toward an indictment or whatever they head toward. They're trying to it's it's almost trying to turn, make people ashamed to say they're Republican or conservative or whatever it is. They're trying to make them ashamed as they head toward the election. Now, what you do in the voting booth is one thing, but they're trying to make them ashamed. And it, and it's and it's I don't think it'll work. I can't imagine it will work. It should embolden some folks. To say the they don't and notice they don't want to talk about the issues. They don't want to talk about they don't want to talk about border security. They don't want to talk about inflation. They don't want to talk about the economy. They don't want to talk about recession. They don't want to talk about the price of gas. They don't want to talk about uh, issue after issue after issue. They don't want to discuss. So the greatest way to distract you, me, and everyone else is say, look, these MAGA Republicans are a threat. They're terrible people. They're they're ruining the country. The only people that can save the country, us, the big guy, me, Hunter, the rest of us. That's who can save it. But he's not even confident of that, which he said. So you have to be concerned about that kind of wackadoo way of looking at the world. It, it's, you know, and I, I would love, and, and let's add to this a little bit. As they're screaming, and here's why you know they're afraid. They control the Senate. They control the House. And they control the executive branch of government via the presidency. They control all, they control the power of the purse. And thus, anything that happens, what they're trying to say is when things go bad in this country, we have to look at the MAGA Republicans, even though we're the authors of this demise, even though we're the ones who caused it, even though ones, we're the ones who wrecked the economy coming out of COVID, we're the ones that are holding things back, we're the ones that created problems with gas prices, supply, demand. We're the ones that kind of wreck things. We're throwing this massive green agenda, which is going to cost everyone lots more money. Even though we did it, we did it all. It's their fault. You know, even though we shot your dog, it's actually your fault that the dog is dead. You you caused your own dog's death. You did it. Not, you know. So that's and that's the kind of projection that we've talked about with respect to this administration. Now, when we get back, I do want to, and it sounds like I just want to beat up. It, to me, I feel sorry for our president. I, I think it's it's almost a form of abuse to put someone through this 
in a way that they're not completely cognizant of all the things that they do. And I, that's not me saying that the president is demented. I just think it's he's not the kind of energetic individual that is fully engaged. He's, I mean, Warren Buffett at 94 has more going on than Joe Biden at 79, almost 80. Thank you all. Chad Adams sitting in from a good friend, Pete Callender here on WBT. You want to give us a call? It's 570-1110, 570-1110. You know your area code. Unless the government's added another one, and I don't know, maybe they'll add more and more. But a good catch by a listener out there. You know, I was giving credit to George Thurgood, didn't write Who Do You Loves, Bo Diddley back in 1956. Good catch. I love astute observations of things that happen in society. But it was George Thurgood's throwdown of it. And Chris gets credit for bringing it up. It's a great song. Uh, Thurgood can throw down on It's just good stuff, man, especially heading into this weekend. I think there's actually a thing called football. And, you know, it's proven that it still wants to be competitive because it doesn't have uh, people like Kaepernick in it right now. <laughs> just messing. That's terrible. We'll see how well the Panthers do this season. It should be interesting. They finally have a quarterback, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. They have three, but they decided which one was going to be first string. Now, uh, over the Washington Free Beacon, Obviously, you know, I'm going to tell you, this is the difference between me and the left. I am a conservative because of my belief system. It's not because I want to go destroy every left-leaning kookaberry business out there. I don't want to destroy their livelihoods. But if you ever notice when liberals disagree with you, they love to try to destroy your livelihood. They want to destroy your company. They want to destroy where you, they want to dox you so you can't live. You can't live, thrive, and survive. You don't exist. As Maxine Waters said, we're going to find them. We're going to disrupt them. We're going to go into restaurants. You're not welcome here. That's a different mentality. Can you imagine if, you know, we, we went through like six, eight months of violence in the streets uh, buildings being burned down, uh, unbelievable number of non-arrests that took place in city after city. We actually had a leftist group that set up a chop, a, a an autonomous zone in Seattle or Portland, one of them, I can't remember right second, but it was, an, it, it was a separate country. It was a treasonous act of creating a country within the country. And Democrats act like that, like there was some kind of Groundhog Day event where we collectively don't remember the 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 nothing to see here, you know, mostly mostly peaceful demonstrations that burned up billions and destroyed businesses all over the country. We we just we just why that that didn't happen. It you know it's just a figment of your imagination. When they accuse the right of being lawless because of January sixth, and there's a lot of investigation that needs to be done on January sixth. And had they really wanted to get to the bottom of the truth and made a case to the American public, they would have put people like Jim Jordan. They may not like Jim Jordan. But put him on the committee. Put him on, Put the people who, if you really, if you Democrats were serious about dealing with January 6th, you would have taken the most ardent Trump supporters and put them on that committee to at least have a semblance of balance. You remember it was Adam Schiff that did all this Russian disinformation stuff, and he was just wrong. He's never come back to Americans and I apologize for leading you astray. No, he's doubled and tripled down. The dossier was real, even though he knows it wasn't. Russian disinformation, that wasn't real. It was that they've done this charade, this puppet show, and then and then continue and never come back and say, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, it's not hard to say it. It's not hard to say you're wrong. If you've been married or you're in a relationship, one of the greatest things you can do is say you're wrong. Because if you never say you're wrong, you're never going to have a relationship. And the Democrats want a relationship with the American people in which they say they're never wrong. 
in which when they screw up absolutely, you know, Nixon came out and said he resigned for the presidency. Pretty astute thing. Clinton said, depends on what your definition of the word is, is. It's just Al Gore won an Academy Award for inconvenient truth. And literally, if you go back and look at that movie today, nothing in that movie is true. Nothing came true in that movie. Everything was wrong. Now, that's not to say we can we should always aspire to be better with the environment. We should. Everyone wants that. I'm glad we have cleaner air now than when I was a kid. I'm glad we have cleaner water now than when I was a kid. I'm glad it's moving in that direction. I'm glad that we had petroleum products that allowed us to have the quality of life we have because without it, it'd be like the ending of an Avenger movie when everything turns to dust. It would be. It would be a nightmarish scenario. If you didn't have it, imagine. I mean, the rolling blackouts in California last week, I, they were they were absolutely, you know, when they started saying, please don't charge your car because we don't have enough capacity to keep up with need. We don't have enough capacity. Imagine that's your life. A hurricane's coming. Electricity gets knocked out. You can't leave. You can't gas up the car. Much more to go. Third hour. We're still cranking up. Chad Adams, your guest host in here. We'll get to the free beacon article after this break. Don't go away. Labor Day 2022 heading your way. (laughs) 